Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, should you wish to be on this program, 877-973-7425. However, you should know my call screener got summoned to a meeting and is not currently able to take those phone calls. So you'll just have to wait for his return. I'll let you know when the phone lines are open. We got to talk about a difficult subject. Gosh. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to talk about this topic. We're going to tackle this topic. And then I get to the topic. And I'm like, do I really want to talk about this? Yes. There are difficult topics. And I've got to commend David French at the dispatch for talking about this and raising awareness to it. Uh, he's not the only one, but David's background is as a lawyer. And he's, he, listen, I know some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, why are you talking about David? You just, this has nothing to do with your politics. You're going to agree with him. I need to give a parental warning, however, here. This isn't kid friendly stuff. And with apologies to my local broadcasters, local stations, if you got kids with you, I'm just, I'm warning you, don't get mad at me. Don't call the stations. I'm giving you an opportunity to go elsewhere. You yourself probably want to hear this, but it's just not kid-friendly stuff. And so I'm going to give you a countdown from five down, and then we're going to talk about this topic. So are you ready? Again, no hate mail to the stations, no no complaining. If you stick around, you got the warning. This is content safe for radio, but probably not kid-friendly. Five, four, three, two, one. Serena Fleetas filed a lawsuit against a company named MindGeek. She also sued Visa. MindGeek owns a website you have probably heard of called Pornhub. Visa enables Pornhub to monetize its content. Pornhub is one of the most visited websites on planet Earth. 3.5 billion visits a month in 2019. When Serena Fleetas was 13 years old, her boyfriend convinced her to make a nude video. Without her knowledge, Without her consent, her boyfriend uploaded the video to Pornhub and titled it, 13-Year-Old Brunette Shows Off for the Camera. 13-Year-Old Shows Off for the Camera. That is, ladies and gentlemen, child pornography. And it was labeled as child pornography. Mind Geek, under its website, Pornhub, not only 
accepted the video and hosted the video, it transferred the video to other pornographic websites that it owns. It was downloaded and re-uploaded multiple times. One of the re-uploads got 2.7 million views. Serena Fleetes, when she realized what happened, tried to get the video taken down. She contacted MindGeek, the owner of Pornhub, pretending to be her mother. She told MindGeek the video was child pornography and demanded it was removed. It took weeks for MindGeek to act. And throughout that time, it was downloaded again and again and again and re-uploaded again and again and again, oftentimes re-uploaded to other pornographic websites owned by MindGeek. And Fleetas would again demand that it be taken down. She claimed in her lawsuit, MindGeek, and I'm reading now from David French, would only do so if she could, quote, provide photographic proof that she was the child depicted in the video. The judge in the case was rather incredulous, writing, assuming plaintiff's allegations are true, the court is at a loss to understand why such photographic proof was necessary. The existence of the video destroyed Fletus' life. She was bullied and harassed at school. She started skipping school. She battled depression and anxiety. She self-medicated with drugs. She attempted suicide. Then another man exploited her. When she was a minor, he pressured her into making sexual videos and sold them on Craigslist. Now, if this sounds familiar, Nick Kristoff in the New York Times wrote about this in a piece called The Children of Pornhub. Let me read you uh, some of what Christoph wrote in the New York Times. Unlike YouTube, Pornhub allows these videos to be downloaded directly from its website. So even if a rape video is removed at the request of the authorities, it's already too late. The video lives on and is shared with others or uploaded again and again. Pornhub became my trafficker, a woman named Callie told me. She said she was adopted in the United States from China and then trafficked by her adoptive parents and forced to appear in pornographic videos beginning when she was nine years old. Some of the videos of her being abused ended up on Pornhub and regularly reappear there. I'm still getting sold, even though I'm five years out of that life. She's 23 now. She's studying to become a lawyer, but the old videos keep cropping up. Pornhub makes money by selling ads on its site. It's free. It sells the data it harvests from its users by offering content on paid sites. Ad revenue account for more than 50% of their income. Now, this, again, this is from... um, Christoph, to reach their intended audience, advertisers can build campaigns around keywords like 13-year-old teen and not 18. They can target ads to people even searching the term child rape in Japanese. Videos are uploaded by the millions. MindGeek employed a bare-bones team of as few as six, but never more than 30, untrained minimum wage contractors to monitor millions of daily uploads. To make matters worse, according to the court, these these workers were paid bonuses based on the number of videos they approved. As the court notes, such an incentive structure suggests the content moderation was really not the goal. 
Visa temporarily suspended its business with MindGeek. Uh, MindGeek responded by removing over 10 million unverified videos constituting 80% of its content. I want you to think about that number, please. I want you to think about that number. MindGeek, when Visa stopped working with them, pulled 80% of the content on the website. Eighty percent of the content disappeared because they could not verify the legal age of the people participating. And then Visa went back in business and MindGeek seemingly went back to normal. Now, in this lawsuit, Ms. Fleetas doesn't claim Visa induced her abuse but that Visa knowingly took part in the monetization of child porn. Now, this is what the judge has written in a decision to allow this lawsuit to proceed. That is where Visa enters the picture in full view, unobscured by the third parties that it attempts to place between itself and plaintiff. The emotional trauma that plaintiff suffered flowed directly from MindGeek's monetization of her videos and the steps that MindGeek took to maximize that monetization. If not for her... Not for its drive to maximize profits, why would MindGeek allow plaintiff's first video to be posted despite its title clearly indicating plaintiff was well below 18 years old? Why would MindGeek stall before removing the videos, which plaintiff allege has advertisements running alongside it? Why would MindGeek take the video and upload it to its other pornographic websites? When Visa asserts it doesn't control MindGeek, the judge says this, Visa quite literally did force MindGeek to operate differently and markedly so, at least for a time. And the astonishingly strong response from MindGeek, who is otherwise alleged to stonewall and even harass victims, is consistent with plaintiff's allegation that unnamed former MindGeek employees have explained that MindGeek constantly worries Visa could cut it off and make decisions based on what content the major credit card companies are willing to work with. Visa's not being held liable here. You need to be clear. They're not being held liable for profiting off of child pornography. They're just, the judge is refusing to allow Visa to get out of the case because Visa exercised so much clout. I'm sorry, y'all. When Visa is allowing MindGeek to monetize a video that says 13-year-old gets nude, Visa knew or should have known. When MindGeek gets rid of 80% of the content off of Pornhub because it can't verify the legal age, you got problems. And now Visa's gone back into business with them, you got problems. And there are a couple of other problems here. Notice this pattern. This young lady twice, twice, twice was lured in. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? Kids will do these things. Kids will do dumb things, even with parents around. But if you take nothing else away from this, just listen to me right here. A young woman is suing Pornhub because at 13 years old, her boyfriend convinced her to make a pornographic video. And then later, 
Someone else did the same thing. I don't know where the parents are in her life, but I suspect there was a relational issue there. And I would tell you, you as a parent need a good relationship with your children. You need a good relationship with your kids. Your kids need to be able to come to you and talk to you. Your kids need to know your values and you need to explain to your children why your values are important and you need to be a loving enough parent that your children want your values and want to see why your values segment them in the world for the better. Parents matter. And dads, I need you to listen to this. There have been repeated surveys over the years I've talked about before. Sean McDowell at Biola University has written about this pretty extensively, that the only kids in America who do not dabble regularly in pornography are the kids whose fathers make it clear it's unacceptable. Fathers have an amazing impact on their kids. This is not to slight the mothers, but I'm telling you the research all shows that a father has a disproportionate impact on a child's morality and a child's engagement with pornography. And overwhelmingly, it is girls who have issues with their father who can have boyfriends who induce them to do this. Strong fathers matter for strong families. Strong moms matter for strong families. And thankfully, it is a strong young lady who made mistakes in life who is now fighting to get back her life. And I need you all to be very clear. When you get on Pornhub, a lot of people in private will glance even with one eye at pornography. This is what you're getting into. A website that when Visa pulled its plug had to get rid of 80% of its content because they couldn't verify that the people involved were over the age of 18. Pornography is corrupting. Many of the people who engage in it are drugged or do so against their will. And this young lady's life was ruined by it. And now she's fighting back. And I'm just telling you, if you're a parent... This is something you really need to have conversations with your kid about. Because if you don't have these conversations, don't say it's not going to happen to your kid. These are the sorts of things you and your children need to talk about. You can do it at an age-appropriate level, but your child's soul matters. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, 
They're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. This other program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. By the way, uh, happy birthday to my dear friend, Brant Frost IV, uh, the owner of First Liberty. He and his family, super people, and it's, uh, been, it's his birthday. Happy birthday to him, and my best to his wonderful, dear family. If you are anywhere in the nation, anywhere at all, from Hawaii to Maine to Florida to Washington uh, to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and you run a small business, and you want that business to grow, and you need $750,000 or more because you see an opportunity where banks don't, See if First Liberty can help you get to yes. They make their own decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. Reach out to them. Spend a few minutes. See if you can get to yes with them. Tell them I sent you. They're good people. We're talking big loans, though, if you want to be a big deal. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, Herschel Walker has released a response. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there, but before I do that, I, I want you to hear something the Fortune 500 has largely been captured by the Wokes. Uh, there is a case that is headed to the United States Supreme Court about affirmative action programs at Harvard. Harvard has been discriminating against Asian students in particular. Asian students perform academically very well, and so Harvard has been discriminating against them. This really is not in dispute in the record. What's in the record that is in dispute is whether or not they should be able to do it. Uh, because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, Apple, Google, Meta, that's Facebook, and uh, about 70 other companies have filed a brief with the United States Supreme Court in favor of discrimination in the United States of America. American tech companies favor discrimination and discriminatory policies, which affirmative action is, saying take someone who is less uh, educated, uh, has has worse grades, but because of their race, they should be elevated ahead of kids who have superior grades in education. The Supreme Court is probably going to get rid of affirmative action programs. You, though, should be mindful of the fact that Fortune 500 companies support discrimination. The cases are Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard and Students for Fair Admission versus University of North Carolina. The plaintiffs say affirmative action not only hurts white applicants, but is anti-Asian as well. Now, University of North Carolina says race is only one of dozens of factors the school might consider to bring together a class that is quote-unquote diverse, along with numerous dimensions including geography, military status, and socioeconomic background, the empirical studies confirm that diverse groups make better decisions thanks to increased creativity, sharing of ideas, and accuracy, according to the companies. The problem here is actually the Harvard case is pretty, pretty notorious. And the Harvard case, uh, they were openly, willfully, and admittedly discriminating against Asian students who were outperforming and disproportionately enrolling, and they had to cut them back. 
but here you have the Fortune 500 on the side of discrimination. The Fortune 500, including Apple, Google, Facebook, and more, are on the side of discrimination. And don't you forget that when they come lecturing you on the way you live your life, that they support discrimination. They just consider it to be okay in this case. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show, The Eric Erickson Show. It is nationwide, and you can call me at 877-973-7425. You know, part of what we do here these days is we... Uh, so we, we, we follow the news as best we can. And when the news is pulsing and breaking, we cover that and ditch everything I was going to talk about. This story is certainly, uh, taking on a life of its own here. I want to play for you again, this audio. This is Eli Mistel. He was on MSNBC, um, with, with Tiffany Cross, who is asking him about Herschel Walker and the GOP. Listen to the audio, please. You got to hear this. And you need to understand, it's a major national news network allowing this to be said on air with zero repercussions. Now you ask, why are Republicans backing this man who's so clearly unintelligent, who so clearly doesn't have independent thoughts, but that's actually the reason. Walker's going to do what he's told, and that's what Republicans like. That's what Republicans want from their Negroes to do what they're told. And Walker presents exactly as a person who lacks independent thoughts, lacks an independent agenda, lacks an independent ability to grasp policies. It's what they want from their inward. Herschel Walker has responded to Eli Mistel's commentary. This is Herschel Walker, the pitch perfect response as he sets up his camera. Um, it's kind of funny watching him, Walker set up his camera to get it done. Good morning. You know, a lot of people have been asking me to say something about the man on MSNBC that called me the N-word. Here's what I got to say about that. Shame on MSNBC and shame on him. I'm going to pray for both of them because they need Jesus. When I saw what he said, It reminded me of the differences between myself and my opponents, Senator Warnock, and the left-wing crazy that believe America is fundamentally a bad country full of racist people. They want to divide us, turn us against each other. We have our problems, but we can solve them together. You know, this is a good country full of good people. With God's help, We're going to bring the people of Georgia back together. Let's make this a great day. God bless. That was Herschel Walker's response. You have the mainstreaming of the N-word on MSNBC. Well, not that one, but the other one that you still don't say today. Unless you're referring to colors in Spanish. And on MSNBC, they were willing to say that, that Republicans want these people because they vote the way they want. You can say the same of Democrats, by the way, with with uh, black voters within the Democratic Party, that they you don't see meaningful improvement in the lives of black Americans, and the Democrats expect them to vote Democrat, or else uh, they get vilified and called things like Uncle Tom. 
Herschel Walker is running as a black Republican. The Democrats vilify Tim Scott. They vilify Herschel Walker. They vilify Clarence Thomas. But I would like to call, call your attention to something that hasn't happened. Where is the rush of media going to Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, and asking if he agrees with Eli Mistel? Would he call Herschel Walker that N-word? What does he think of Herschel Walker being called the N-word? If a Republican goes on Fox News and says something outlandish, everyone rushes to the Democrats to denounce them. And, and don't, don't, don't say only, only if it's a Democratic candidate. No, 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 no. I one time filled in for Rush Limbaugh. Filled in for Rush fairly regularly, but this one time I filled in for Rush Limbaugh. And it was at a time where union activists were trying to get kids to go on strike at McDonald's around the country and demand a $15 an hour minimum wage. They were going to go on strike. And I said uh, that the people who are doing this are the people who had failed at life. They had not amounted to much of anything. If they were a uh, middle-aged person working for minimum wage at McDonald's, they had failed at life. And now, instead of trying to succeed at life and better themselves, uh, the left had convinced them that all they needed to do was go on strike and demand higher wages. And the left came after me. Some supposed conservatives did, too, who wanted to puff themselves up in the press and got Democratic politicians to go on the record. I once on the radio suggested that if a uh, someone showed up at my house and demanded to know how many toilets I had in the name of the government and the like, I'd get my wife's shotgun and chase them off uh, my property. Probably not my finest day on radio, but nonetheless, the media, the reporters demanded, since I was a guest host for Rush Limbaugh at the time, demanded to know uh, what the White House thought, got the White House to condemn me. They wanted to know, Democratic politicians, what do you think of this radio show host in Georgia saying this sort of stuff? Got Democratic politicians on record about little old me. It, 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 but when a Democrat does it, when a Democrat, when a partisan progressive pundit goes on MSNBC and uses the N-word to describe Herschel Walker, where is the media rushing to ask Raphael Warnock, do you agree with the use of the N-word? Where is the media asking MSNBC hosts if they find it acceptable? Where is the media shoving a camera in Chuck Todd's face? He's on MSNBC. Or Joe Scarborough, two people I know and like, even when I disagree with them, I think they're okay people. But you and I both need to understand that if it was someone who said it on Fox, the media would be shoving cameras in the faces of Fox News correspondents asking if they agreed. They would be shoving their cameras in the faces of Republican politicians asking if they agreed. They would be demanding that Mitch McConnell denounce it. Where is the denouncement from Democrats for this? Everybody on MSNBC gets a pass on this stuff. You know it and I know it. They will get a pass. There will be no media outrage. In fact, many of the white progressives in the media agree and are very happy that Eli Mistel is on television saying exactly what these white liberals want to hear. He is doing exactly what he says Herschel Walker would do. He's giving white progressives who profit off of him via MSNBC and Comcast exactly what they want to hear. He's doing exactly for them what he says Republicans want of Herschel Walker.
which makes you wonder what word choice he would describe himself if given the hypothetical scenario and not told we were talking about him. That's where the hypocrisy comes in, too. I just find it really interesting that they will not, the media, will not show up at Democrats' houses with cameras demanding statements when they will with Republicans. When will Raphael, Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock, denounce this pejorative attack on Herschel Walker? I suspect you're not going to hear anything about it. I suspect they're just going to move on. Now, I do have to suggest, however, that um, the Democrats, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, has begun to cross the line with some members of the press. I got to play you this audio from um, Susan Page. She was on with Jonathan Carl. You're going to hear the two of them talk about it. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued with this exchange from uh, this week on ABC talking about the Democratic effort to prop up a Republican candidate in Michigan. Uh, Peter Meyer, he's been on the program. Peter Meyer is the Republican who sneaked into Afghanistan. Peter Meyer is a moderate Republican. He voted to impeach Donald Trump. Um, And if you think that makes him a Democrat, you should understand that Democrats hate Peter Meyer. They hate Peter Meyer because he sneaked into Afghanistan and exposed the incompetence of, of Joe Biden's Afghan pullout. We actually had him on the program. He had just come back. Actually, he was still overseas, couldn't tell us where he was, trying to get home. And he called into the program and gave us the firsthand account of what was happening in Afghanistan, revealing the chaos. This was after those soldiers had died. And he had a firsthand account of just how bad it was, just how disastrous Biden's pullout was. And in fact, he was able to set a media narrative that went against the Democrats. And the Democrats have never forgiven him for that. The Democrats thought, oh, this guy must be one of us. He voted to impeach Donald Trump. And turns out he's actually a principled Republican. We don't always agree. He's more moderate than I am on a lot of stuff. But he's running in a district where he's a good fit as a Republican. So the Democrats are spending millions of dollars, millions of dollars, to help Peter Meyer's opponent in the Republican primary. Meyer's opponent in the Republican primary is a guy who believes the election was stolen and Donald Trump has endorsed because Meyer voted for Trump's impeachment. The Democrats say these people are a threat to democracy, and yet they have funneled tens of millions of dollars to help this guy beat Meyer. Uh, Jonathan Carl and Susan Page, USA Today's uh, Washington Bureau Chief, were on ABC News talking about this issue. So uh, speaking of this question of credibility, I I want to, Susan, get you to kind of help explain Democrats going in and and putting millions of dollars in in, in states and races across the country to support candidates that are like Trump Jr. You know, that, 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 I don't mean Donald Trump Jr., I mean like 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 (laughs) President Jr., uh, you know, saying the election was stolen, uh, all of that stuff, including Peter Meyer. I mean, this is one of the 10 who voted to impeach Donald Trump. And now you have the DCCC going in and supporting 
uh, his Republican primary challenger. You know, it's risky and it's hypocritical. Uh, it's risky because sometimes the candidate you don't expect to win turns out to be stronger than you think, and they win, and then they're in office. And it's hypocritical because Democrats have been saying that election deniers threaten our very democracy. So you're going to go out and, in effect, campaign for an election denier uh, because you've got made a political calculation that it might serve your interest. Uh, I think it means Democrats seed the high ground on this. Democrats seed the high ground. Peter Meyer has written about this in Common Sense. Tomorrow, I'm facing off against John Gibbs in the Republican primary for Michigan's 3rd Congressional District. The race is close. Internal polling has us within single digits of one another. But Gibbs and I couldn't be more different. I'm a staunch defender of the Constitution and the rule of law. Accordingly, I became the first incoming freshman to recognize former Vice President Biden's presidential victory. Then, three days after I was sworn into office in January 2021, I was in the House chamber when rioters overran the Capitol. A week later, I joined nine Republicans, including Liz Cheney, to impeach then-President Donald Trump with a heavy but resolute conscience. I am the only freshman in the history of Congress to impeach a president of his own party. Gibbs, a former political appointee in the Trump administration, denies the results of the 2020 presidential election. He accused the Obama administration of taking part in satanic rituals. He has defended anti-Semites in his now-locked Twitter account and has tweeted that Democrats are the party of Islam, gender-bending, anti-police, racist. Since the election of Donald Trump, and especially since January 6th, Democrats have claimed democracy is under grave threat. Party leaders like Sean Maloney, the head of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, have claimed we're in an existential conflict between defenders of democracy and advocates of authoritarianism. It's not just about Trump, Representative Maloney said last month on MSNBC. It's about a MAGA Republican movement that is defined by serious, serious things like the attack on our democracy. He warned it's going to be those MAGA Republicans who take away your rights, your benefits, and your freedoms. So you would think the Democrats would look at John Gibbs and see the embodiment of what they most fear, that as patriots, they would use every tool at their disposal to defeat him and similar candidates. Instead, they are funding Gibbs. Democrats, like Maloney, argued Republicans who looked the other way during the Trump era put party over country. But they know of what they speak. And one of many such naked political gambits aimed at elevating weaker Republican candidates ahead of the midterms, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee launched a $435,000 ad buy to promote the election denying Gibbs in the final days of the campaign. This is not an insignificant amount of money for the Gibbs campaign, nor is it an insignificant act by the Democrats. The DCCC ad buy was more than Gibbs raised over the entire duration of his campaign. It was nearly 100 times the support Donald Trump himself offered Gibbs a single $5,000 contribution. In other words, the Democrats are not merely boosting a candidate over the finish line. They are subsidizing him and his entire campaign. You remember that. You remember that. When the Democrats say all these people are a threat to democracy, it's the Democrats who funded them, the Democrats who promoted them the Democrats who propped them up. Kind of puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? Lots of hypocrisy there. And their hypocrisy, destroying the economy, means you got to think about it in your retirement. Gold Co. can show you how to use precious metals. 
to help your retirement savings. If you've got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money could be at risk. Physical gold and silver, we're back in the Carter era. That's when physical gold and silver was something a lot of people used, particularly when inflation came around. 855-904-5933. That's 855 855- 904-5933. Gold Co. can get you a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call Gold Co. See how you can qualify for their offer. They've been helping thousands of Americans. Instead of giving you the number again, let me give you my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text it to 33777. I will send you Gold Co.'s phone number and you can call them, see if they're a good fit for you using precious metals to balance out the ebbs and flows of your retirement portfolio. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. We got some quick research I need to go with you. For a good long while, the Democrats have claimed Republicans wanted tax hikes on Americans. In particular, with the Trump tax cuts, Democrats claimed it was a tax hike on the middle class. The fact checkers thoroughly debunked it. I'm interested to see how the fact checkers now handle this mansion Schumer plan because the Joint Committee on Taxation says the Democrats are actually going to be raising taxes on lower and middle income earners with this plan. The Wharton School of Business budget model shows it actually has no impact on deficit reduction or inflation. And the University of Chicago has now released a paper showing that the price controls in the legislation will actually kill progress on medical cures. Uh, The IRS, by the way, uh, will be getting a lot of money to target the middle class with audits under the plan. Uh, And then there will be all sorts of inflation spending. Uh, Michael Strain who is the Director of Economic Policy Studies at the American Enterprise Institute, says uh, the Inflation Reduction Act and the Schumer, also the Schumer Mansion Bill, that's what it's called, the Inflation Reduction Act, would increase taxes by over $16.7 billion in 2023 for households with income under $200,000. And his source is the Joint Committee on Taxation. So when the Democrats tell you they're not raising taxes and the media echoes their claim, remember the Joint Committee on Taxation says people under $200,000 will see a huge tax increase. The University of Pennsylvania's business school, Wharton, its business model finds no negligible deficit reductions and no impact on inflation. And the University of Chicago says that the price controls on healthcare in the legislation would actually undermine the quality of care and the advance of cures in this country. That's what the Democrats are selling the American people, thanks to Joe Manchin. Maybe Kristen Sinema will stand up to him and say no deal. But I think the Democrats have just decided they might as well wreck the economy with legislation and take the credit for wrecking the economy.